On today's episode of The Pickup, we start off with some U.S. Open talk before we head into the NBA playoffs. We preview the Eastern Conference Finals. We talk about the Western Conference Finals, what's next for the Brooklyn Nets, the Sixers, the Jazz. And we also talk a little bit about the Team USA roster for the Olympics this year and if we have any concerns. We then jump over to the hottest topic in baseball with the foreign substance issues, and now they are doing mound checks. We talk about what we thought about Max Scherzer getting checked three times, and we also go over some division updates and teams we feel confident in heading into the midway point of the season. Then we wrap it up talking about the NCAA baseball tournament in Omaha, and then our picks of the week. Great episode. Stay tuned. Here we go. All right, welcome back to The Pickup, episode number 25. We're recording this on Thursday, June 24th at 11 a.m., right before we have game three of the Western Conference Finals tonight. A lot of great sports stuff going on. How are we doing, Drew? We are, uh, we're good. Um, Riding the high of the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals last night. Uh, That made me feel good. Um, Ready to watch a little bit of Texas baseball today. So there's a lot of stuff going on tonight that's exciting. Uh, just kind of hanging out other than that, though. What you got going on? Yeah, it's a lot of work, a lot of golf, you know, things like that. Can't really complain too much when you're working at a golf course, though. Great gig yeah. over there. All right, so we'll start off with my question of the day for you. Um, I asked you this in the car the other night, but I want a little bit more of an in-depth answer. So I saw Cameron Payne spitting on the ground during the Phoenix Suns LA Clippers basketball game. One, is it acceptable to spit on a basketball court? And two, I guess you think that's gross because one in hockey, it's on ice. It's going to freeze or whatever. And you're fully clothed. And then football and baseball, you're obviously on a field, but in basketball, if you get fouled and you like fall on the ground, do you really want to have like a loogie or just like spit all over your shoulder from like being on the ground? Like, I feel like that's just, not something you should do on an indoor basketball court, but let's see what you think about it. I mean, I don't, I don't really care. I think it's kind of funny. I mean, it's not like that big of a deal to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know how to go in depth with that because it's not like something that I see as like a big issue just due to the fact that like, yeah, it's spit. But if the towel girl or guy sees it, you can literally just point it out after you leave or say something about it. And and I guess it's, I don't know. It's just not that big of a deal to me because it's not like something I find gross, I guess. But if it's gross in your, your head, then, I mean, it's not like a good thing. It's just because it's indoors and they wear like sleeveless jerseys and all. Like I just wouldn't want to like roll and spit if I like fall on the ground or like something. I don't know. And then two, where – because – I'm not going to ask for any specific examples because we know Stephen A in my background right now throws out a lot of claims. How high would you rank in whether you think it's one of his best takes or worst takes or just way too soon or just so you compare that he's already calling Devin Booker the next Kobe Bryant? I think there's a lot of potential in that saying, but I I mean, in, in my opinion, Kobe was – Michael 2.0. I don't know that he was better than Michael, but he was very, very similar. He was way, he's way better than Booker on defense too. Like Kobe yeah, was yeah. And, and defense. defensively, you have to see a lot of improvement and, and awards. I mean, Kobe won defensive players and was on all defensive teams. So yeah. I, it's definitely early to say that, 
but I think there's potential in that take. You know, I mean, I'm not ready to say that Trey Young's the next Steph Curry either because he could fall off tomorrow or he could continue. So there's just a lot of things that you have to give time before you say. And I think that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if, if Devin Booker can lead the Suns to a championship and win, I think it definitely, definitely helps that argument. Yeah. Well, he's also literally yeah. 24 years old. Like, I think we yeah. just need oh, to yeah. slow our roll a little bit because, like, these big-time media people are so quick now to try and just assign, like, a legend to them. Like, yes, Donovan Mitchell plays like Dwayne Wade, but let's not call him the next Dwayne Wade already. Oh, when, oh like no. I think people are just way too quick right now to uh, yeah. be tossing and, and out comparisons. I think it's hard, too, to say that anybody's going to be the next Kobe because Kobe was such a – and I don't know if you look at it an inspiration of a one in a lifetime talent, really. And yeah. you can pick, pick which lifetime that falls under, but we were a part of that lifetime. We got yeah. to watch the last few years of his career. I mean, I, I don't know that we're going to see a player outside of LeBron playing basketball today. That was as dominant offensively and then could flip around and play defenses as good as Kobe Bryant. You know, I just yeah. don't see that happening and in today's basketball but yeah. maybe we'll be surprised and booker will take off but i mean it'll be interesting to see i think what i'm waiting for for that is to see if he can be the best player on a championship team and convert and actually win the championship because that's a, a huge huge piece to the puzzle and being one of the greats and being one of compared to one of the greats is the fact that Kobe had rings. Mm-hmm. So you have to win those to be considered the next of whatever, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyone out there and kind of shot a dud immediately after, uh, yeah. even he said that last I game, mean, not playing know, too, too well. I don't know if I would have like, like persecuted Stephen A for saying it, but <clears throat> it's definitely too early in my opinion, but I also see potential there. Offensively, there's a lot of potential. Defensively, it just needs to be improved. Yeah. So I'm now going to move over to hot tub and ice tub, and I'm excited about mine. I think I have a few good ones this week. So I'm starting off with, I think this was Mark Jackson, the Warriors old coach that was saying this during the Brooklyn game. and. So he was talking about Giannis. James Harden was on Giannis and he described James Harden in the greatest way. I think I've ever heard somebody say overweight. He goes, Oh, they put James Harden on Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's smart because James Harden has a very solid and strong base in lower half. In other words, because of that little stomach he has going, I just thought it was funny. Like when I was watching the game, I kind of just died laughing for a little bit. I was like, that's hilarious that he was able to uh, explain being overweight like that. He's like, he's solid with a strong base. And you could tell by the way he said it, like he knew what he was doing. I just thought that was pretty funny. And then uh, putting John Collins and the Atlanta Hawks for their nickname of Kevin Huerter, that his alter ego is called Kayvon is what they call him, which I thought <laughs> was hilarious also because Huerter is like the most white looking dude maybe in the NBA. And yeah. um, for them to call him Kayvon, 
as his alter ego. I just thought that was yeah. pretty funny as well. And no, then, it's it's harder to find somebody that looks more white than Kevin Herter being yeah. a ginger, and that white is yeah. really really tough combo. And then I don't really know if I should put this in the hot tub or cold tub. So, so I'm just gonna say it now. Open a little bit of both. Uh, Jameis Winston workouts are back. Um, you got the you got to love it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I love watching them, but I don't know how actually beneficial they are to him. But I guess back. we'll see. <laughs> if he throws anything under fifty picks, we'll know they work. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, yeah, it, it, the nickname that's hilarious. Um, the the workouts you can only do so much where it looks good and it's actually beneficial. And then at this point, it may just be like, all right, we're bored. Let's find something else to do. Hit me with that pool noodle. You know, I mean, it's just funny, but, um, no. So my first hot tub is Omaha. It's Mm -hmm. outstanding. Max full capacity games are outstanding right now. They look awesome. My other second hot tub, as you can expect, (laughs) Trey Young and Devin Booker, both will go in it. Devin Booker, like we talked about it, just 24 years old, triple double is huge. Uh, Eastern Conference Final, that's a big time to break out your, what, second career triple-double? Yeah. So, good for him. Trey Young is the only player in an Eastern Conference Final game to have 45-plus points and 10-plus assists. Is that your favorite stat awesome. of all time He now? also had six. Absolutely. He also had six <laughs> rebounds. So, that's not even on the stat. I just know it. Um, yeah. But – I mean, it's clearly just something that we're watching two young guys take over. And what's crazy is, and I don't know about Devin Booker's salary, but I know that John Collins and Trey Young, the core two, are not being paid what they will be paid at the beginning of next season. You know, so that's what's tough is what do you do? And I guess I have the question in my head that I want to ask now before I leave the hot tub. If Trey Young, and this is a huge, huge, huge if here, because we know what we're going up against. If Trey Young wins the Eastern Eastern Conference Final Series, okay, and then ends up winning a Finals this mm-hmm. season, we'll say this season, is he better than Luka Doncic in that pick that happened, the trade? Was that a good trade, or is it still an in-question trade? So, I don't... It's tough because I don't want to call it like after watching Trey play, like it definitely looks a lot better. Like, I don't even know if it's in question. I think they're, I still have Luca higher up. Um, I think he'll win more championships throughout his career because I also just trust Mark Cuban and Dallas more than Atlanta. And Atlanta wasn't even all that. I mean, they were good, obviously, but something's happened in the playoffs where they look spectacular now. But I don't know. I mean, I think the trade's still probably 60 40. Like, Dallas won that, I would still say, even if the Hawks do win the championship, because I just don't see them getting that far. I think the East we've seen is relatively weak besides Brooklyn, even with because of Brooklyn's injuries. So it's been a year where the Hawks is whoever gets Hawk could get by because Ben Simmons forgot how to shoot free throws. Giannis can't shoot free throws, kind of showing us he can't be a number one guy. I would still go Luca, but the trade doesn't look as bad as it did one year ago, two years ago, three years ago when it actually happened. I would say it's probably still 60, 40 though. In my opinion, I would take Luca. So understood. Understood. So jumping into my um, cold or yeah, the, Ice tub. So I don't know if you've been following uh, Barstool Minzy at all in Omaha. 
And that's been Dave's kind of like representative out there because he apparently had the gambling picks. This dude, I think, has won three games out of or two games out of all the games that have happened since the Super Regionals. He was dead wrong on almost every single one. And he's been dead wrong on every single uh, Omaha pick so far, too, besides one or two of them. So Dave lost a bunch of money betting with him in the super regionals and now everybody's just fading Minzy is the thing. And he just gets embarrassed over and over and over again, um, making terrible picks. Like just the other day during the pitchers duel between NC state and Vanderbilt, he goes, yeah, he was like, I took Vanderbilt because Jack Leiter is an absolute stuff. Literally mid sentence is when NC state hits the home run goes over and that ends the ball game in three more innings and wins one to zero. So I'm just tossing Minzy in the cold tub for some bad picks, screwing everybody over. And then Oh, Alex Caruso trying to take a grinder into an airport with weed in it. And he got arrested and got a mugshot in the whole ordeal. Alex, what are we doing here, buddy? You're in the NBA. Yeah. You can smoke weed at all. Cause most of you probably do, but why are we trying to take a grinder onto an airplane through TSA in an airport? Like, are you stupid pal? Like, what are we doing here? That's just, I think that's an easy person to dunk in the cold tub. I mean, he literally got arrested for it. And that's just a pretty simple thing. I mean, you've got, millions and millions of dollars just go buy another one wherever you're going and then last thing more of like a game thing ben simmons is just he's mentally gone he's got to get a change of scenery get out of philadelphia because his free throw shooting and offense and confidence in general is gone so he also deserves to go in the ice tub yeah yeah i mean i think with ben simmons though the my only only like big take like saying for that would be if he played power forward on any team and that was his role he would be a pretty good decent we wouldn't be talking about him like this he'd be fine where he was at he'd be a good player right mm-hmm. the occasional free throw goes in you can dunk you can pass the ball this that, and the other so i just think he's getting a lot of heat because of where he's at what was the expectation and what position he's playing He's not a point guard, nor should he ever have been a point guard. He, he's got he's, great handles in passing, though. I mean, that's what he played yeah, but, in college and growing up. And when he was yeah, but you can have a big guy that passes. I mean, Joel Embiid dribbles the ball between his legs every once in a while too, and throws the ball up, and that's fine. But Ben Simmons is not a point guard, and I think we've seen that. If you he can't shoot the three guard. ball, it's. I mean, the game today, you have to shoot the three ball. You have to be able to dunk on a guy that's seven inches smaller than you at the rim. You can't do that. And I'm I'm the fan of the guy who should have got dunked on. That's I mean, that's ridiculous that I didn't get to see a dunk. That's I mean, ignorant. One. Two, it, it is what it is. Like you said, I think he just needs to get out of there. Well, I don't think he needs to get out of there. I think Philadelphia needs to get rid of him. Because he's not leaving, they're getting rid of him. That's the key, too. Um, my ice bath one is MLB. <laughs> Obviously, I don't understand what we're doing here with – I mean, once every, at the end of every inning, that's fine. You have pitchers that are okay with it, fine. But when you check me three times throughout an inning, we're going to have a problem, you know. So it's just – it's ignorant to me. And, and I want to throw this – because here, here's what I'm – if you're going to check me every inning, every inning for substances, why can't I ask for 
Juan Soto, or not Juan Soto, we'll, let's, we'll use the uh, Nationals and Phillies example. Why can't I ask Bryce Harper to take a piss test before the game? Why can't I ask the hitters to do drug tests before every game? So I know that it's a fair <laughs> advantage. So if I can't use things, why should you be able to? Because you're not going to get the random piss test. That's kind of BS. If you're going to check me six times a game, at minimum, if I pitch six innings, I get checked six times. Then I want hitters to be checked. I want them to take piss tests. I want them to have different things too, because that's, it's kind of BS that I have to change the way I go about the game just because you got a little butt hurt about how the game is looking right now. Get over do you, yourself. Do you think Scherzer is getting uh, kind of picked on more in this first time because he was one of the names that was in the whole like text thread with that one guy from the Angels that makes the spider tack and all that type of stuff? Do you think no, that has any effect on it? I don't, I don't think it does. Because and also, do you believe that guy on the? Well, I guess we can save that later for when we talk about this more in depth. So actually, don't answer the second part. Uh, I don't think that's why he's getting picked on. I really don't, because Max Scherzer is not an idiot. Clearly, I mean, you don't make it this long. You don't. I mean, he's smart. If any pitcher that goes out there first outing after and uses that kind of stuff, it's just dumb. Just extremely dumb. You don't deserve to be there because you're an idiot. But. I think he's getting picked on because Joe Girardi is just that kind of guy. And he's just mm-hmm. aggravating as anybody else in the MLB. Any manager <laughs> I would rather have than Joe Girardi, honestly. But whatever. <laughs> that's going to take us – can't figure out what I want to do with my hat here. Um, so that's <laughs> going to take us now over to the PGA real quick. So the U.S. Open ended. Uh, John Rahm won, which I was extremely happy about, raking in. million pre-tax, which sucks because it was in California. And so since he won in California, he's going to get California tax rates, which are ridiculous. So he probably got about like 1.6, wait, 20. Yeah, he probably got like 1.3, 1.4 of the 2.2 after taxes, which is extremely annoying. Also, this just in while we're doing this, uh, Pacers are hiring Rick Carsile as head coach. He signed oh, a four-year, $30 million, $29 million deal. So. Yeah, old Dallas head coach. I thought he was, yep. I really thought he was going to end up in Portland, but I guess not. But um, so John Rahm at $2.2 million. Louis Stason came in second at $1.3. Harry English came in third, made eight twenty nine. Brooks Guido and Morikawa all split 500000 coming in fourth. It was a good tournament, but it really wasn't as exciting as like the Masters was, which I know is the Masters or even the PGA Championship in Kiwa a couple weeks ago. I felt like the course was relatively underwhelming, in my opinion. Like, I don't know, like it just it didn't feel as big as I thought. I had a great time watching it, but it didn't feel as big as it feel like it should have. Because usually I would have like I have the Masters and then typically it'd be the U.S. Open, the British Open and the PGA Championship. But I think the PGA Championship was way better i don't know if it was just the way the tv schedule worked or how they did the marketing but i thought the kiwa island thing with phil was a lot better and there's just a lot more going on than the u.s open i don't just what are your thoughts on that it didn't it just didn't feel as big and important and i don't know if it's because the course scenery while it's a beautiful course i don't know maybe the camera angles weren't showing it i don't know but i also think it's because they play the uh farmers i think it is they play that there every single year. So it's not like a super special course that we only get to see every couple years or something like that. Yeah. I, I mean, 
U.S. Open is always fun. I definitely get the vibe that you're giving off too. I, I mean, I understand that. I, I don't know. It, it's tough because I was very underwhelmed with it. Also, like it was cool to watch Rom win. It was fun to watch Brooks. It was fun to watch the beef of, between him and DeChambeau. It was fun to watch Bryson drop three strokes in two holes and then get an eight on 17. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very nice to watch everything just go downhill for him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, very unexciting day or days of golf, honestly. Yeah. And I think part of it is we got so excited to possibly see a Brooks and DeChambeau uh, matchup. And then when we didn't get it, it was like, well, this is pointless now, you know, but I, I don't know. A very, very underwhelming tournament. It's just kind of one of those things that when there's so much build up to it and then nothing real, you know, I don't want to say nothing exciting because there's obviously exciting stuff, but nothing like to the, the outside appeals, then it's like, yeah. well, there's nothing really for me to do here, but watch my phone and then pay attention when the crowd cheers on the TV. So yeah. it was just one of those things that it was very, very, and I'll say low profile kind of Sunday was Sunday was awesome. Like if Sunday could have been like the other three days, it would have been great. Cause at one point yeah. there were like six people at four under tied for second. And yeah. it was like insane. Like it looked like we could legitimately have like a five person playoff. Yeah. And then well, Rom ended up coming through and Louie choked. But yeah, I also Louis. think it's because the PGA championship and the Masters are all that. I was just thinking in my head, those are on CBS. So you get Jim Nance and you yeah. get Nick Faldo and that whole crew, which is really good in their like graphics and everything. That's who did the PGA Championship, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. And then NBC had this one. And I just, NBC, I just don't think did a good job with it. Um, no, they definitely did not. But yeah, it was awesome. I'm super happy John Rahm won, though, back to like kind of more just the golf itself because after getting screwed at the Memorial a couple weeks ago, you got to be happy for the guy. Uh, he was definitely due first major, which is awesome. I love his fire after making those putts. Like you would have thought that was like the <clears throat> the champ or the U.S. Open winning putt. The way he celebrated afterwards, even though there were still four holes to go, which was insane to watch. And also Louis stays, and that's now he has come in second place in five different majors now. And he's done the full grand slam of coming in second place around all the different majors. <laughs> and so that's kind of frustrating uh, if you're looking at him, but he's got to get the job done and he just didn't do it. And Ron came up with that confidence, sunk those putts that we don't see too many people sink anymore. They kind of just play it safe and go for the two putt. And I'm, I'm just really happy for uh, John Rom. Oh, and dude, did you see Phil sitting there at the end with his wife? like on the driving range at the end? No, I didn't. So Phil was sitting there. So John Rom, like he was just too antsy when Ustazen was on like 17. Rom just went to the driving range and just started hitting. And like Phil brought down a chair for Rom's wife and their baby. And then Phil was in there and like sweats a fleece with his like legs crossed. And he just looked like he was <laughs> scheming something up, dude. Phil was looking like a dog out there. And I was like, oh, dude, I don't know. It was just weird. I was talking about that with somebody. And it was just, he was scheming something up, it looked like. But... <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It it was fun though. Um, I think we he's got. A, he's a stud. So when is? Because I know the British Open was off because of COVID. So the British Open will be July. Wait, July eleventh already. Oh man, we'll dude, these to... majors. We're gonna have three within two months. Four within yeah. like 
four actually within three months. Wait, so you said the British was on the eleventh of um, July? Yeah, Sunday, July eleventh to Sunday, July eighteenth. So then the actual days that will be like the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth of the playing days. Wow, I did not realize that that was already right around the corner here. Well, we'll get to see that while we're in Florida then. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it. Yeah. So now we will move into the NBA playoffs. So last night we had the Hawks and the Bucks. So the Hawks pulled out the win, as you heard Drew say earlier. Yeah, uh, Trey Young good. putting up an insane 48 points, 11 assists. And a stat in here I really like is he was a plus 10 and the plus minus because we'll see a lot of times, at least in the regular season, Trey Young would put up 30, 35 points, but he would still be like a minus nine or be somewhat detrimental to his team. Yeah. Like Andrew talked about a couple weeks ago with the passing. He's doing it. He put up 48 points. He shot 50% from the field with 11 assists and seven rebounds for a guy that's only like 6'1". Is really yeah. good. Uh, you had another efficient night from John Collins. Uh, put yeah. up a double-double, 15 yeah. boards. Is nothing to joke with. Big yeah. game there. Three double-doubles as a team. Yeah, and then you had Kevin Huerter play pretty good as well. And then going to the Bucks, if you look, all of their stars besides Giannis was in the negative on plus-minus, even though Giannis was only a positive four. He did shoot his free throws way better, though. He went six of eight last night, which props to him for figuring something out yesterday on, like, Ben Simmons. Um, but Drew Holiday just hasn't been the guy, even though he put up 33 points. He hasn't been the guy, I think, that they thought they were getting when they gave him a max contract extension, which to this day I still don't understand. He is not a max contract guy. And then PJ T- or Chris Middleton also can't have 15 points, and you expect to win. But a great game by the Hawks. Uh, you can tell they're younger. You can tell they're more um, athletic energy-wise. Like I texted you last night, if they keep That'd this pace going, Milwaukee's not going to stand a chance because we saw how tired Giannis was in the Brooklyn series. And yeah. Chris Middleton's not a superb athlete by any means either. So, I mean, if Atlanta can keep pushing this pace, I feel like they can tire up um, Milwaukee pretty easily. Yeah, no, I – I tend to agree. I wouldn't necessarily hang my hat on it, but I, I definitely agree with that. Um, also, the minutes for Trey Young went way up last night. Mm-hmm. 41 minutes, which is, I mean, a huge factor. If you can play 41 minutes as a six-one undersized guy mm-hmm. and put up 48 and 11 assists, or yeah, 11 assists, then then there's it's hard to stop that when. You're getting 19 boards from Capella, 12 or 15 from Collins, and 23 points from John. So it's it's very, very difficult to see how that's not – I mean, it, it was a really good night as a whole. And what's weird is the rebound differential was not far, but it was offensive rebounds that made the difference, mm-hmm. I believe, you know. So it'll be interesting to see a bounce back game tomorrow, how it goes, because like we talked about, I think pace is huge. We go both way, go both ways. The pace is slow. I think it favors the Bucks. If it's a quick pace, get going. It obviously, I think it favors the Hawks. So it'll be interesting to see what both Budenholzer and McMillan put together for the, the game plan, essentially. Yeah. 
Yeah, and even though they lost, a key thing I'm looking at too is Giannis only shot two three-pointers, which is really good because in this last couple series and even during the regular season, he was shooting six, seven, eight three-pointers a night, and yeah. he's not that player at all. So even though they lost, it's definitely good that he only shot two because they could have lost by more than that if he was just out there chucking up shots all the time because he thinks he's a Kevin Durant, LeBron James type like <laughs> forward, but he's really not. He's more of no. just a super athletic like paint guy. Yeah, I mean, he's seven feet tall and can move like he's 6'3". So it's not – and the problem is every time he goes back, like he's going to pull up, he backs to the three-point line, maybe a little bit past it, and he does that one big push dribble and then just drives the lane, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think it's getting a little bit predictable for him. And I'm not saying that I want him to stop this series, but – just kind of a heads up, look out for that tomorrow. You're going to see it probably four or five times like we did last night. And I just think it gets predictable because all you got to do is fall down in the paint then. You fall to the basket, just throw your hands up. If he makes it, fine, but don't foul. And, I mean, if you make him pull up, you have it. it's probably a 30% that it's going to go in. Yeah. It's definitely not 50-50 on a (laughs) pull-up from Giannis. No, not at all. So now going over to the Western Conference uh, Championship, we have games one and two over for that one. Uh, Phoenix series, is leading series is over. And Chris Mass Paul Booker tonight. Chris Paul is probable to return tonight to Game Three. He is expected to play tonight, and Kawhi is not. And I think he's already been ruled out. But um, it looks like CP3 is coming back tonight, which is going to be huge for the Suns team that's already won the first two games without their most important, most valuable player in Chris Paul to keep that offense under control. But, dude, that DeAndre Aiden alley-oop with .9 seconds left the other night, man, that was insane. That was one of the craziest yeah. playoff things I've ever seen. I mean, even though it took us 30 minutes to get there because the rest decided to review every single tiny little thing, which – I mean, I understand, but I understand the review. But if I can figure it out in 20 seconds, why can't you guys figure it out in 20 seconds? Like, you do not need to watch it 50 million times. You watch, like, maybe you go three or four times from a couple different angles. You figure it out and go. It just takes way too long. And then every single time there's a big replay like that, less, like, late in the game, the refs come out and make a call. Looks like the game's going to start again. And they're like, oh, crap, we forgot to make sure that the shot clock and the game clock was at the right time. And then they have to go right back to the screen. Like, they forget half the time that they have to do that. And it, and it, like, just, it stops the flow of the game. Like, there's no flow oh, anymore. Yeah. It's possession, foul, or turnover, review. Possession, foul, turnover, review. Like, there's no more flow. And I'm also getting really sick, which I've noticed this year more than any. Dude, you can't go more than three possessions without a foul, without a foul getting called now. Like, there's no just playing basketball anymore. It's maybe yeah, somebody scores see, on the yeah. offense, comes back down, but the next one's going to be a foul. Or maybe yeah. somebody scores, next one's going to be a foul, next one's going to be a foul. There's just too many stoppages, and it's just – it's getting annoying. Like, I still love watching the NBA and everything, but I've noticed in this series more than any because, I mean, this series has gotten very physical – um, very quick. There's just so many foul calls, and it's getting yeah. frustrating. Like, there's just I just want to watch the game. So, little no, I I, I agree. I mean, I think you need to let them play. I think babying basketball is one of the dumbest things I've ever had to sit down and watch. And it's ignorant when the last ninety seconds of a game takes thirty three minutes. Yeah. That's 
That's about dumb as it gets. There was like 12 foul calls and nine reviews in the last 90 seconds. It, mm-hmm. it shouldn't, we should take the whistles away at the three minute mark and just let it go. Cause it, because like it's like the dumb. NFL, like the NFL swallows the whistles when it comes to times like that. The NBA needs to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I, I mean, there's certain things. Yeah. You shouldn't call or you should, excuse me, you should call because it's blatant. But if I'm running down the court and I put my body on your shoulder, don't call a foul. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. Quit being a baby about everything. Play the game of basketball. And they want us to take basketball seriously and not call out flops and think that it's a man sport and that it's it's these big guys, that tough guys that play this sport. Then make us believe that it's big, tough, strong guys that are playing this sport, not flopping, whiny babies. It's like watching soccer without the, the big nets. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's, boy, it's dumb. Boy, I don't, wanna, I don't watch – I mean, no, I was going to say your boy, Trey Young, speaking of flopping, he, he definitely kind of does the same thing. They do this stupid pump fake, get the defender yeah, to jump, yeah. and then they jump into the defender, and then somehow that's a foul on the defense, which I don't think is fair at all. See, I think – and see, I, I that is the only – and I know this sounds funny, but it's an exception to me because – not only do those two do it, Steph Curry does it, James Harden did it. Oh, those yeah, I'm talking across the board. I hate it across the board that everybody oh, does yeah. it. Like, but to you me, can't, how do you jump rule, into you a break player? That rule down, well, but to me, if you break that rule down, if you leave your feet, you have to give me space to jump and come down. But I can jump, jump wherever into I them. want. They jump forward That's, into them. Yeah, but I get to do that. I get to jump wherever I want. If I'm allowed to dunk, jump toward the rim, I could say I was trying to dunk. You know what I'm saying? There's so many different things about that little tic-tac that is just we in basketball is a tic-tac game anyway. That's it's just like we'll use that for an example. If I jump straight up, you block me, no foul. Or if I jump into you, there's a foul. So it's like, hold on a second, because I agree that sometimes it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's not cool. Other times it's like, whoa, okay. And then there's like out of bounds plays. There's like little tic-tac reach in fouls. And I just don't understand why we can't let the game of basketball have some flow to it, you know, up and down flow with the basketball game. Now it's like you said, we have a timeout for a sub or a foul for this or that, or whatever the case may be. I honestly, if I'm an NBA referee and you're running down the court and you have an open lane and you reach and touch somebody for foul, I'm not blowing the whistle. I'm going to let them go dunk the ball. Quit being a baby, get back on defense. I mean, that's oh, and dumb. did you see? Did you see too? Because did you watch like till the end of the till the end of that game last night? Yeah, you know, the oh, Suns game. Suns game. Yeah, the Suns. Yeah, game. I did. Okay, can you explain to me how on a DeAndre Aiden final play only took point two seconds, and the clock went from point nine to point seven after that play when it was very clearly at like point one or point two, like by the time the ball came like down through well, the net and hit the ground. See. It definitely didn't – I definitely don't think it took eight seconds. I definitely also don't think it only took two seconds. I think when he he put it through, it was – yeah, look. Look, the the thing to me is when the ball touched his hands, clock start, fine. When he did that and put the ball through the hoop, I think, okay, that took took the .02 seconds. But when the ball hit the ground, I think we were looking at .04. That's that's what I would have put it at. 
but yeah. that's just me. Luckily, I don't have to make big decisions like that. Yeah. I get I mean, to sit here a, and talk about the people that made a, the decisions. Yeah, regardless, it was going to be a full court shot. So, like, it's not like yeah, regardless, it, anyway. it was over. But uh, I was yeah. like, how do you only take off point? Like him, he held the ball for point two seconds before he even went down. Like, yeah. what are we yeah. doing here? Do you realize yeah. how quick point two seconds are, ref? Like, oh yeah. But, but real quick. Yeah, we kind of got into the officiating there. Back to the game real quick. Mikel Bridges missed a wide open, great look three from the corner before DeAndre, which led yeah. to the great DeAndre Aiden play that Mikel Bridges should have played. DeAndre Aiden is more and more kind of like what you said about Luca and Trey Young because they're on the same draft class. Him looking as the number all yep. overall yep. picks looking better and better and better. It's been really cool, like yeah. Trey oh, Young, yeah. DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker, seeing these young guys that we knew were good, but taking this next level up to like mm-hmm. not super. Like, Trey Young's probably in the superstar oh, level, yeah. and Booker it's... is, but Aiden, Aiden's not there yet. But he's working his way from like a great like player to like a star now. I would say to that level. Yeah. So and, so let me ask you this: where like of the four, and just because those are the main four that we've mentioned, young kind of up and coming, DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic. Where would you start, like, just starter, star, superstar, megastar? Where do you so put them go, on that list? Yeah, I'm going to go with Luca as number one. Um, and then I, 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 I understand what Trey Young's doing in the playoffs, but I haven't really seen him. He didn't do it during the regular I season. Know, he's I'm saying, doing like, right where now. would you put them? Like, like, would Luca be Oh, a you just mean, like, stars and stuff? Okay, so like, I would put – Luca's going to be a yeah. Mega like, where star. would you put them on like a star list? Yeah, Luca's going to okay. be a mega star. Um, I think Trey Young will be right below him. Him and I think him and Booker will be right okay. below him as superstars. And then I don't know okay. if DeAndre ever hits the superstar level, but he's going to be about as like as high up yeah. on the star level as you can. Yeah, kind of that like that like scraping the the top like, of like an all star. Yeah, like he'll be an all star, yeah. but he's not going to like how um yeah. he's not going to gonna pass like, the all star level. Like he'll be like kind of maybe like a CJ McCollum or Chris Middleton. Like he's going to be an All Star, and yeah, CJ okay, McCollum okay. actually never made an All Star game. But like yeah. a Chris Middleton or something like well, that, like, where he can be like your second or third best player, and he's going to be really good, but he's never going to be like a superstar. You know who? You know who that reminds me of? Like just that yeah. description, and not like this play style, but Chris Bosh. Oh, okay. Like yeah. just can still be your two or three, still a very good option. But it's yeah. a two or three and respects and understands that role, you know? Yeah. But no, I agree. I think, I don't know. I think Trey Young, obviously, because I watch him more than Lucas, so I know more. I like Trey Young. I like Luca. I like Devin Booker. I think they're all very similar. I think I give Devin Booker uh, a, at the end of careers, I think Trey Young. And Luca are very close, if not the same. Uh, and then I think Devin Booker's right there on the tail. And then Aiton, like we said, is on that star, top star level. Yeah. But well, I think the thing with Luca too. I'm just Luka curious too, on what you would say. Yeah, with Luca too. Like the reason I'm calling him megastar, he's international. Like he's got like the whole entire world like watching him, and all of Europe pulling for him yeah. and stuff like that. So that's just kind of an advantage yeah, that yeah. he has. That's just kind of like a natural thing, but. Last thing about the Suns, Cam Johnson came in and played huge minutes, went five of five for 11 points in that stretch he played on the bench when they went cold, which is kind of where you would see Chris Paul come in and straighten everything back out. Cam Johnson came in being an absolute bucket. And then obviously we can't leave out Cameron Payne putting up 29 points, going 12 of 24, having a career night after just playing overseas two years ago. I mean, heck of a night. And 
it's dude every time i see him all i think about is from the movie that we watched when you were down there that you had never seen before tom hanks's captain phillips the guy that goes i'm the oh, captain yeah, now yeah. whenever i see cameron Payne, i just think of that guy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why um but yeah that was a great game there so the last couple of things we'll touch on here the NBA, Brooklyn Nets are out. James Harden was literally playing on one leg. His one hamstring just absolutely pulled, blown out, essentially. Um, props for him being out there. He couldn't buy a shot. He couldn't buy a layup. He wasn't even making good passes. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie Irving pissed me off a little bit on the bench. I know he's all like, I don't even know the words, but he's just showing no emotion. He just looked like and sat there like, like in his head, like because the path that he's on the way he thinks – I could just like feel like in his head, he's just like, well, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. We'll get him next year. Like some like super just weird. He's going to request thing. a trade in the off season. Like he didn't look like there's no, even though I know you're on the bench, but like clap, yell, like get something going. He just sat there and was just like so monotone for about yeah, to but get he knocked can't. He took, playoffs. He took weeks off of the season for some reason. I know. We already I know mean, he doesn't care, which is what's frustrating. Yeah. But Kev, but Kevin Durant, I mean, I mean that yeah, guy that's, is that's part of what makes. Yeah, that's part of the reason why he's so good, though. And Kevin Durant gets that front like face, is because he cares. He goes yeah. out, he plays like he cares, he acts like he cares if he's on or off the court. I mean, that's the difference. Kyrie, we can tell, does not care. LeBron James left the game five minutes early, walks down the court. Kevin Durant cares about being on the court, wants to win, mm -hmm. wants the team to be successful. That's the difference, in my opinion, between Kevin Durant and anybody else. Yeah, I loved watching Kevin Durant. He was absolutely insane. I was pulling for Brooklyn it's so, so yeah. hard, not because like I'm a Brooklyn fan or anything, obviously, but because watching them play, if they could get James Harden back and Kyrie, let alone just watching KD play, is so fun. Personally, I think the Bucks are rather boring to watch like I would rather watch a Hawks game right now than a Bucks game because it's, oh, it's yeah, the same absolutely. thing we know what's going to happen Giannis is just going to drive you make kick out to Middleton yeah make it's like they're boring Brooklyn was a lot of fun to watch but they just got to get healthy um and you can't forget they have Spencer Dinwiddie coming back who tore his ACL last year so that's a big thing yeah that's Unless, true because I don't think he was a part, yeah, that's a piece I know Karis Levert was but I don't think Bruce Bruce Brown can go back to the bench <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. Uh, Spencer didn't when he said he's going to decline his player option and go into free agency. So he will not be coming back because he's going to want to get paid a lot. That's a good That's a, a good move for him. Yeah, I would do it. I mean, he's going to make it. He's not a max player, obviously, but he's going to make 25 million a year. He'll probably get like a three year, $75 million deal somewhere. Um, so going to another team, well, I guess the two yeah. or the one seed and they used to be touched on earlier, the Sixers. Um, I sent you that <laughs> video, which you saw. Which that dude's hilarious, supreme dream, RCDC <laughs> world. He's like, he was acting like Doc Rivers, like Joel Embiid. He was like, we don't deserve you. Just get out of here. I'll put in a good word, get you somewhere you want to yeah. go. Because I mean, I'm going to blow Seth your mind Curry, with the comparison right here. Hold on. When Seth Curry is you your second this? best scorer, essentially, bad team. Oh, yeah. 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 But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind with the comparison between Joe, right. Joel Embiid and somebody else within sports. You ready for this? Yeah. Jacob DeGrom. Oh, okay. Joel Embiid and Jacob DeGrom are running the same course in a different sport. Yeah. I, know, I can definitely man see Manhandling the league. They're the leader of their team. 
And then there's always somebody on the team, a.k.a. Lindor and Simmons, that comes in with big hype and just poops the bed. Yeah, and they're not getting any I mean, support. Like, DeGrom doesn't get any run support. He's not getting any points oh, support yeah. or assisting or the playmaking that we all have come to expect from Ben Simmons. And then Danny Green getting hurt, too, I think was a pretty big deal because that was even though, like, we know that he's not, like, amazing anymore. He's still a really good, like, just straight-up shooter if he's wide open. And then Tobias Harris is just – He's a max contract guy. Like that's what he's getting paid. He can't drive. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't do anything. And then George Hill, I mean, the whole thing. And then, I mean, it all starts with Ben Simmons, though, because he's supposed to be their primary ball handler, playmaker, assister, and he just has no confidence. And that's the city of Philadelphia. He's probably the most hated guy walking around town. He's actually definitely already out of Philadelphia because he'd probably get eggs thrown at him if he was still over there. Oh, but, yeah, I would not walk around downtown Philadelphia. No, but they've got to trade him uh, for his sake. Yeah, for his sake, for the team's sake. Um, I'm looking at maybe – I think he could possibly go well with a Portland because they have shooters with Dame and some guys over there. I don't know. We'd have to – look more into that because that's kind of a tough thing just to toss yeah, we, out there maybe have the to Warriors break that down yeah I'd like him going to the Warriors too like being a playmaker getting Steph maybe off the ball a little bit shooting but besides like the point forward. dude isn't it crazy that like at this point dude they the Philadelphia 76ers could have had Joel Embiid and James Harden if they would have traded Ben Simmons earlier in the year but they didn't pull the trigger and now we've gone from Ben Simmons possibly getting traded for a top eight player if not top five when he's healthy and James Harden to like a CJ McCollum level player I mean that's yeah yeah crazy. no and that's what's tough it's terrible to watch for the guy's career you feel bad it's funny to watch as like a fan because I'm I'm not a huge Ben Simmons guy I've never been a huge Ben Simmons fan but it's just it's terrible you know, you feel bad for the guy, but it's it's not. I mean, it's hard to ignore it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens so many times in other sports that we rarely see it. In, we actually rarely see it in basketball that a guy falls trade value this much. But like yeah. you said, you literally fell from a top-tier talent superstar to – CJ McCollum and CJ McCollum is mm-hmm. not a bad NBA player. I'm not saying he is, but he's not James Harden level or close. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that that 76ers team would have been a real big force had they have gotten James Harden, mm-hmm. you know, but, and that's okay that they didn't. I think it works out in the end. Maybe they do something that we don't see coming. I, I don't know. It's unlikely. <laughs> but Ben Simmons has got to go. You know, you yeah. got to get him out of there. You got to start. The process is over. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. The process the trust has of that stopped. is gone. I mean, cease, and a cease and desist yeah. has been sent out to the process. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. So but, then. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But like like we talked about earlier with comparisons, he got compared too early. And then like Donovan Mitchell, he got compared slightly early too and then kind of went not off the rails, but it was hard for him to keep that pace. Well, I think where he messed team. up was when he got hurt, he said, I can't jump, which, I mean, we saw, because usually he's dunking on guys going over top, but he couldn't do that because he hurt his leg. And I think yeah. him saying that screwed himself because then the Clippers were like, okay, well, he's not flying over any top of us, so we can, like, 
pick them out more on defense and specify yeah. our coverage on them affecting that. Like you don't say that what you do is you play hurt the whole time and then you pull LeBron James afterwards and make it sound really, really bad. So everybody feels bad for you, but um, no, but he should not have said that it gave the Clippers an advantage there knowing, but then also, I mean, I didn't think, I know you did a little bit and I did a little bit too, kind of fell into that trap of, well, they looked like such a complete team, but when you put two superstar wing players out there, they have nobody to defend them. They had nobody that could defend Paul George and nobody that can defend. Oh, yeah, it was bad. And Rudy Gobert was the worst player on the court because he was so big yeah. and the Clippers would go so small. He was just too lanky and everything to be out there. And we need to see uh, Utah get a forward like a like uh, Kawhi Leonard could opt out. I don't think he's going to go to Utah. I don't think there's any shot, but somebody that can be like a two no, I don't forward think so. that like that's the type of player they need though or like a jimmy butler or something who's obviously in miami like there's not many guys out there like that but they need a dominant like small forward yeah absolutely and the problem is they're very hard to find um yeah and and it's not that royce o'neill couldn't be that guy but it's going to take a ton of work to become that guy just like Ben Simmons we're looking at. Ben Simmons can lead a team, but it's going to take a ton of offseason work for him, in my opinion, to be considered a good point guard. Because he's not, he's not good at basketball, in my opinion, right now. He can dribble, he can pass, that's fine. But you can't shoot the three. You give up dunks to pass the ball. In tough situ- And that wasn't like an easy, like, hey, take this, you dunk instead. There's guys mm-hmm. around. Dunk the ball. You're seven inches taller. You have over 500 career dunks. Put the ball in the basket. A good player can take over the game and score the basketball. We've seen it from Joel Embiid, Jokic, Kevin Durant, Trey Young. Those guys step up and take over games. Ben Simmons isn't that guy. He hasn't shown that in his career yet to me. He needs to go somewhere else where he may be able to fill a role where he can do that. And like you said, Golden State's perfect. He'll never that play point be. guard. He may run the ball down the court, but he won't run the point guard. He'll play that that forward role, which is good for him, I think. He can still be a part of that offense, but in a role that fits him better, his style better. Truly, I believe that that may be a good place for him to land. Yeah. So then the last but, thing about I don't know, that's, basketball. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, so the last thing is Team USA roster has been announced for the Olympics coming. Um, I think we'll win, obviously, because we have so many good players. But looking at the <laughs> roster, I, I am a little worried because there's no defense on this team. Like, maybe a yeah, few. So it's well, Draymond. We got, <laughs> we got Bam Adebayo, who will play defense. Bradley Beal, yeah. no. Devin Booker, no. Katie, yeah. Jeremiah Grant, decent. Draymond Green, yes. Drew Holiday, but... Draymond Green's getting old. Drew Holiday can try. Zach Levine, no. Dame, no. Kevin Love, no. Chris Middleton, no. And Jason Tatum on his best day, maybe. Um, <laughs> so there's not much defense, but the offense, I mean, it's there's, we're just going to be like the Brooklyn Nets. You're, nobody's going to outscore us because our offense oh, is yeah, ridiculous. No but, and then it, some yeah. guys that have said they're sitting out are LeBron James uh, to get healthy, Anthony Davis to get healthy, Jimmy Butler to get healthy, Steph Curry, same thing, Mitchell, same thing, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, James Harden. Uh, but names that are still out there that didn't make the team, which kind of surprised me, is I would have liked to see a Zion Williamson, maybe instead of a Jeremy Grant. Like, good Lord, why is Jeremy Grant playing on this team? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also 
Hey. It doesn't surprise me that he's not playing and he hasn't said anything, but um, Kawhi Leonard, his knees now hurt, so he wouldn't play, but he didn't like the con. I would have liked to maybe see him out there. And then the last guy I would have liked to see is – um, where'd he go? Um, 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 oh, Julius uh, Randle. I think Julius Randle could have been another good power forward that you could have put out there. I would agree. I would obviously – Agree. Uh, big Julius Randle guy. I mean, it's going to be exciting to watch because of the point scoring. Like you said, there's a lot of guys that are going to just put the ball in the basket, but there's not a lot that are going to stop the ball from going in the basket. So it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of it is just outscoring. Honestly, it's not like playing good defense. It's just about outscoring the other team, which we know that we can do that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a good, fun kind of just kind of experiment, if you will, because the these guys, I don't know, have we seen a lot? We've never seen a lot of these guys play together, and some no. of them are teammates now. So it'll be interesting to see how that works, you know, being teammates with somebody going on to a different team. But I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, did you know Steph Curry has never played in an Olympics? I didn't realize that because he's played for Team hmm. USA and some of those other tournaments like FIBA and stuff, but I didn't realize he has never played in an Olympics for Team USA. It's interesting. I did not I did not know that either, actually. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna hit the bathroom. I did not real quick, know that. And then we can go to the next thing. I just gotta pee. Now we are going to move into a topic we also talked about a little bit earlier, diving over into some major league baseball action with the whole foreign substance policy stuff going on. So last week in our episode, we talked about that was when they announced there'd be a 10 day suspension. So two starts essentially for pitchers, but now they are doing mound checks where they can randomly check the starting pitchers throughout the game. And then they can check relief pitchers as they're coming into the game before they even start pitching. Uh, we've seen them do it to the likes of Max Scherzer, as Drew brought up earlier three times. We've seen um, Jacob deGrom do it. He was checked once. And we've seen everything now from pitchers cooperating to pitchers throwing their hats, gloves, untucking their jersey, pretty much pulling their pants down at this point just to be smart asses to the uh, – Blues, which honestly, I understand it pisses them off, but I think it's been pretty funny to watch, like the antics that come with this, like the whole belt taken off, pants getting pulled down. I just think it's pretty funny that they're doing that to try and show up the umpires. But um, it's definitely creating a lot of controversy in baseball. People either seem to – I don't even know if people love it. It seems to be a thing people are like, okay, or they absolutely hate it. Um, Manfred, I know he's trying to do something together. He says it's being effective so far – which, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, it's obviously going to be effective when you're getting checked that often. If you try and cheat at that point, you're kind of just stupid. But I think this has got to be just a short-term thing because we can't have this happening all the time because it's just excessive. I mean, Max Scherzer getting checked three times. I just – I did not um, understand. How has how – uh, how have you been uh, feeling about this the first couple of days since it's been going on for about, what, three days now, I think? Rob Manfred is a moron. <laughs> that's just an opening statement that I have Two, this, this whole situation is ridiculous. Three, two years ago, 
we sat around and listened to Rob Manfred and the MLB talk about how they want to speed it up games. They wanted to put in a pitch clock. They wanted to make games under three hours so people would want to watch and be able to still do stuff and this, that. They were excited to make the games shorter. Do that. Guess what you just did? You made the game longer. You made the game longer by having to do this because guys are having outbursts. Sergio, Sergio Ramo, that's – I mean, that's funny. That's what I would do, though. What reason have I given you to check me for illegal substance? What reason has I, have I given you? If you have a list of guys you want to check, fine, go check them. But if I have never been guilty, I've never been in a situation where you have led to believe that I was cheating, why are you checking me? Why are you checking me? The Astros sit at home and get to look at a trophy every night in rings and a World Series banner, and I get checked for substances because somebody else cheated. That's ridiculous. And it is mm-hmm. idiotic that this is just allowed to happen and it's just going on because it's ignorant. We're going to sit here and we're going to watch guys get just pulled apart by the fact that they have to take time. Because if I'm in a groove on the mound, guess what the head coach of the other team can do now? If I have six straight strikeouts and I go and get seven to start the fourth inning or third inning, if Joe Girardi doesn't like that I'm in a groove. He can call time and tell him to check me. Then guess what? My pace is off. That's ridiculous. Uh-huh. That's dumb. And it's not okay. That's ignorant. Because yeah. then Rob's going to sit up there and back everybody. He said it's going very well. Really, Rob? Is it going well? Name one game that you've been at that you watched and it went easily. It went smooth and perfect. I don't think there has been one. There's been an issue at every game since this happened because it's ignorant i'm not if i was a pitcher you it would be very hard for me to just be like yeah i'm cool with this because i've mm-hmm. never given you a situation to believe that i've cheated fine if you think the grom's cheating go check him if you think scherzer's cheating check him before and after the game fine i don't care but i'm not cheating it's clear i've never given you a situation to believe i'm cheating why are you checking me when the Astros are sitting at home and they get to claim World Series, they get to claim they can be able to still play the game, and they cheated for three years, won two World Series by banging on trash cans. Not even the same realm of just this is, I mean, I don't even think this is cheating. The Astros banged, they knew what was coming. It's not even the same situation. They get to continue to do that, and the pitchers are getting just pulled apart by. Rob Manfred, because his feelings are hurt, I guess. I don't even know where this came from. It's just ignorant. Yeah, yeah I honestly whole can't remember. dumb as hell. Yeah, I honestly can't remember which player said it, but one of them was like, so my pitcher can get suspended 10 days for using this, but nobody on the Astros ever got suspended for doing what they did. But um, what I was going to ask you earlier – It was Carlos Rodon from the White yeah, Sox. Yeah, but what I was going to ask you earlier – was Bubba Harkins, the guy that apparently has these leaked text messages where he was talking to guys like Madison no, Bumgarner, Clayton Kershaw, and all of these big guys. Do you think those like do you think these are like legit or how just how do you think about that? Because he's kind of become the head of like this whole sticky substance, like as one of the leaders of it and coming up with the stuff. And apparently the text messages are real, but at the same time, I mean you never know nowadays. I think there might be guys that are on there that might be using it, but I don't think that situation's legit. Uh, and yeah, I know that the the age that we're in, 
it's hard, but I don't find that legit. I'm never going to be able to stand there and be like, yeah, that's legit. I believe that because I don't, and I'm never, yeah. I'm never phased from that. I don't think that's legit. I don't find those legit. I'll never be able to sit here and be like, yeah, those are real. I believe that that happened because I don't, but I think there's a guy out there that found the situation to try and become relevant in the world and he got it, you know? So well, because apparently one text message was, Hey Baba, it's Garrett Cole. I was wondering if you could help me out with this sticky situation. The stuff I had last year seizes up when it gets cold. Can you come up with, or do you have a mix that will play better in cold weather? So obviously, you know, Garrett Cole after the interview uses it, but what guy is going when he's trying to knowingly get stuff that is illegal, go, Hey, it's Garrett Cole, like on a text, like, I would never do that. Yeah. Hey, not hey drug dealer, this is Drew Hartman. I'd like to buy some crack cocaine from you. Please feel free to tell everybody. Wait, what? I mean, are you dumb? That's, yeah. I mean, come on. That doesn't, yeah, I mean, does that even make sense? Like, let's, let's step back and think about who we're talking about. Jacob DeGrom, Clayton Kershaw, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole can't put a sentence together when he's asked a simple question. Have you cheated? I t- uh, so you think he's going to formulate a legit sentence to get sticky stuff? He, besides, let's let's discuss this too. How many people text each other about stuff that's illegal? If I'm trying to get something illegal, what do you do? You probably call, that's, right? That's a phone it's a phone call. Bit, yeah, it's a little bit harder to track with a picture. Yeah. I mean, what? Unless you're wiretapped, you, which I no. mean, they're not wiretapping MLB yeah. players. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean – yeah, not many if there are any, but I mean, I, no. To answer the question, short, no, I don't think that's legit. I'm not believing in it, and I'll never waver from that. So, yeah. So, but. well, speaking of some cheaters, we're going to take a look at the divisions right now where the Houston Astros are on a 10 game win streak right now on an absolute tear, taking over the Oakland Athletics in first place in the AL West sitting at 46 and 28. And then the AL Central, you've got the White Sox at 44 and 30, leading the division with the Indians now climbing back two and a half games back. And then you've got the Red Sox and Rays still kind of just going tooth and nail battling because the Rays are on a three and seven sputter right now. Which of these teams are you feeling most confident in? in I'm, I'm, I'm really confident in Tampa Bay right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is you bring up the number one prospect in all of baseball, yeah. not just in your organization, in all of baseball. And he goes two for three, two for four. He had a home run and a double. Yeah. And yeah, you lost. That's okay. That's not, but that's excitement around the entire organization from front office to fans. It's mm-hmm. exciting to be around that team right now because they have the number one prospect playing in the major leagues. They have that excitement and I don't know how to say it, the desirability to want to win, to want to be out there, the youth of that team. So I'm excited to watch the Rays and then obviously Oakland. I think Oakland will take it back. They're two games back right now, but obviously Houston, I believe they can fall off and they probably will sooner than later. Um, and then Toronto is a game and a half back from third place. Um, mm-hmm. Vladdy's doing all he can. Marcus Simeon's playing outstanding. I think they just need one or two more productive pieces and they can do it. But congrats to the Yankees, six and four over the last 10 games. Uh, still in third place, four and a half games back. 
I don't think they're going to win the division. I think we're going to – They'll like be a wild said, card, but they're not winning the division. Yeah, that's what we said at the beginning, so I was just yeah. going to reiterate that. But I'll read the National League since you did the American League. National League West, uh, San Francisco, surprising Still out of chugging. nowhere. Yeah, Still chugging. First place. Uh, the NL East, the New York Mets, not too surprising there. Uh, and then the NL Central and Milwaukee. Uh, who are you most excited for in the National League, Steve? So, first off, I can't believe the Giants are still at this point right now. Like, Yeah, good I mean, good for them, though, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, for real, but holy good for them. crap. And then another team on the rise real quick. The Nationals are 9-1 uh, yeah. in their last 10, taking over second place. Um, and I think it's pretty yeah. fair now to stop trying to get the <laughs> – I know we're still so far away, but the Braves just don't look like yeah. we're going to figure it out. But – no, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think you got to look at the NL West still for the team that's going to make it out because I don't trust when playoff time comes around. If the Mets offense can't do it during the regular season, I don't see them being able to do it in the playoffs. I mean, it's going to be the Dodgers or Padres, in my opinion, that once again are going to make it out. And Probably. they've been playing each other these past couple of days. And the Padres actually just finished the sweep. Yeah, that's them, crazy. Which. Last night, too, when I was watching it, the Dodgers were up 2-0 to zero at one point and ended up blowing it. And well, that's huge because the Padres needed to, like, make up some games that they had yeah. lost, and they are they are doing that. Seven and they were three, three in the half, last ten. They were three and a half games back from the Dodgers, and now they're only a half game back after the sweep. Yep. 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 But, so, I mean, it's, that's a huge thing, though, to sweep the team that's in front of you in that because – it, it really changes because it comes down to wild card postseason play. It, it has a different outlook. So I'm excited for that just to continue those two teams battling one and two. Yeah. The national league so much harder to pick kind of like yeah. one team than it is like, <laughs> yeah. cause you have like, you have a really strong, like Boston, Tampa, Chicago, Houston, like over in the AL, but then you've got the iffy Mets, you've got the Brewers, which I don't think anybody sold on or the Cubs. And then you've got this Giants team, but then you've got the Dodgers who have everybody you could ask for on a team, but still can't seem to get over the hump of San Diego. But then you can also argue San Diego gets streaky sometimes, and it's just hard in the National League. So what would you say is the best division overall, AL and NL, in baseball right now? So Um, I think it's got to be either the NL West, the AL East maybe something, but what, uh, what are you looking at as the best division in baseball? I'm gonna go the NL Central actually, you just are. based just based on and no offense, and I, I I'm not trying to be like this, but Pirates are 14 and a half games back. Oh, They're yeah. pretty much uncompetitive in the division and in the postseason, but like in the hunt of postseason, right? So in the hunt of postseason, the NL Central has four teams that would pos- that possibly could make it in the Milwaukee Brewers, the uh, Cubs are in third place in the wild card. Cincinnati is fourth place in the wild card. And St. Louis is sixth place in the wild card. So four of the five teams are all hunting for a playoff chance, which I don't know of any other division that has four of the six or four of the five that are in that hunt. So um, that's why I say that. And the farthest back of those teams is five and a half games, which as we've seen from the Dodgers and Padres, three and a half games can be made up very easy in a four game span. 
So that's why I said that. But if you're looking at just simply like win and record wise, uh, yeah, I'd probably go the NL West. Yeah, that's a, they're the only uh, division where they have three teams over a 580 40. winning percentage. Yeah, which is very, very impressive. <laughs> um, but can we also talk about the Seattle Mariners for a second at 39 yeah. and 37? Good for them. <laughs> eight, and, eight and two over the last 10. You yeah, got to love no. that. You got to love that. But I'm just excited kind of calling them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm excited about this kind of end of the season shape up will be fun to watch. How much longer? I got to look. How much longer is Trouty out for? It was six to eight weeks. I want to say like, what, three or four weeks ago. I don't know how much longer he's got left still. Hopefully he's back by the time a couple weeks after the all-star break is over. Yeah. Let me look. Mike Trout return. Six to eight weeks on that was only on June 8th. Oh my gosh, we have so much longer to go. That felt like so long ago. That was only like three weeks ago. This sounds weird to say. Obviously, baseball has missed him, but it's and it uh, baseball has definitely missed Mike Trout, but it has not been the same feel as like when like a Jeter left or a A Rod left. It's just been and obviously, I think it's because we know that he's not retiring. Well, and it's because of the just, playoffs, too. He has no really impact on the playoffs at all, sadly. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. But it was, it's just weird. It's like, dang. Like, he's gone, but it's like, well, all right, he'll be yeah. back, I guess. But <laughs> exciting to watch this kind of – I'm excited for the All-Star break, too. That'll be fun. Yeah, it will. So, another thing we talked about a little bit earlier, which this is where we hand it off to drew is we are in omaha right now we've had some great games where there's nc state and vanderbilt with that um pitchers duel they had that was one to zero just a lot of good stuff going on right now so uh <laughs> what are we looking at right now drew in omaha with the call so you were looking series? at you were looking at three teams that are in the semi finals of the college world series you have vanderbilt and nc state mm-hmm. and nc state clearly has the hand up one Two, they are two and zero. Oh. So not only would Vandy have to beat them once, they would have to beat them twice. And tonight at seven, we're going to see Texas and Virginia play in the elimination game to see who will play Mississippi State on the twenty fifth, which is tomorrow. Which I'm excited. Tomorrow we give back to the two games a day at two and seven. Mm-hmm. Um, NC State is just a surprise pick team to me. Like, if you were to put money right now, I would still say don't do that. Um, (laughs) Mississippi State, and they clearly look like the team that just has the desire, the drive, and they look good. But I'm hesitant with Mississippi State. I think they could do it, but I'm just hesitant. Um, Texas and Virginia today, that's a big game. Um, I don't know – I'll say this. Texas could beat Mississippi State two of three, of two games in a row. I believe that. Virginia, I do not believe, could beat Mississippi State twice. Um, I don't either. I mean, you saw them in person, too. So, you'd really yeah, well, know. Virginia's a very good team. I'm not saying they're not. They are a very good team. But I just don't know that they have – and they almost beat Mississippi State once. So, they have the ability to. I just don't think they can do it twice. Um, now, on the other token – 
Vandy plays <laughs> NC State. Now, Vandy Again. has already played NC State in a yeah. pitcher's duel where Jack Leiter pitched. So now you have already used Kumar, Leiter, and your third guy, which I should know his name. I just don't know it. Don't judge. Um, but that was six days ago that Kumar pitched against Arizona. Okay. Do you mm-hmm. believe that Kumar is good enough to go tomorrow, or would you save him for a game two if necessary? Um, I would start him tomorrow because you can't get to game two if you don't win the first game. Okay. So then who pitches game two with Jack Leiter pitching against NC State four days ago? See, I think that's kind of where you guys got to put together because the way college works, you don't have five starters, obviously. Yeah. Uh, there's only three game series over the weekends. I think that's when you kind of just got to – you throw, them, game, you throw them the, the Johnny Holstaff. Everybody gets a couple innings. You give them a Johnny Holstaff. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> also, dude, Jack Leiter had a Jacob DeGrom-esque game where oh, yeah. it's absolutely lights out and just no run support. Absolutely. No, I agree. And the other thing, too, about the other, the other side of this bracket is Texas. So Mississippi State has two wins. They probably should not have any wins. They beat Texas by one, kind of squeaked it out. They beat um, Virginia. Yeah, Virginia. I was looking at it, and I was like, who is that? Uh, Virginia by one, which they got lucky on a late home run. Um, But, well, not lucky on a late home run. (laughs) They pulled together a six-run ninth inning. So, (laughs) I, I mean, and that should never happen. But if you're down like that, I think any other team puts you away. Truly, I do. But mm-hmm. Virginia's bullpen is not what any other bullpen. Even with Dippin' Dots guy, Virginia's bullpen is not is not great. So it's interesting to see. I think this game Dippin tonight. Dots guy. <laughs> I think this game tonight is a huge indicator on the College World Series finals mm-hmm. um, because. Tennessee or Texas could beat Mississippi State twice. Ty Madden's coming back, and Texas is going to use that bullpen, which has a ton of depth if necessary in a game two. So, um, it, it'll be exciting to see that. Um, I'm ready, ready to see that happen. Uh, but I'm more excited for the Vandy and NC State game tomorrow, if we're being completely honest. Mm-hmm. That game, I think, has a little bit of indication too, but not as much because if you win game one, then win, then you throw game two, you got to throw your bullpen. And NC State has been on fire as of late. So, what what are you thinking? Are you more excited to see uh, Mississippi State and or Texas in Virginia, or are you excited to see NC State in Virginia more? And I know that you've been rocking with state all all season long. So, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm excited to see what Mississippi State can do because you can also get the thing with them is you got to keep an eye on is they kind of have a cushiony like they have a two game cushion right now, and you can't let that get in your head and be like, okay, well, say we're down early, it's like, well, it's not the end of the world. You got to make sure that your team doesn't get that mindset because they know they have another game like in their back pocket essentially. So I want to see if because if Mississippi State can get it done. They beat the winner of Virginia and Texas and just move on and kind of just sweep 
their bracket essentially, then that's big time. I think going in that they were able to just take a business trip essentially and get it done. And you just got to go out there and do it, um, which I think is big, but yeah, kind of teasing into our um, picks of the week here in a minute, both of them, I'm hoping Vanderbilt can pull through because Vandy and Mississippi state are who I took to come out of the regionals and super regionals. And I'm hoping that can be a championship or championship game. I think that would be really good, but just one thing with you um, is with Stanford, that team just, they kind of just, I think, surprised everybody this year. Like, I know that they're gone now, but I yeah. don't think a lot of people expected them to get to where they got to. Yeah, and in their defense, they should still be here. <laughs> but once again, uh, Vanderbilt kind of got lucky last night. Um, on a wild pitch to win the game. Yeah, really. that was tough, dude. That's that was... uh that's a rough one. I mean, that you could tell is like, never going to forget that. Well, you could tell he was getting tired, and I I blame him obviously for the pitch. But I think it falls a little bit on the coaching staff too, because you got to know your guys. You got to know yeah. when they get tired. You got to know when they're strong. You got to know when they're weak in their mind. You got to go talk to him. So uh, I don't know if if that's him or the coaches more, but you could tell that that kid was not ready for that moment. Hmm. But that's just my opinion on that situation, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it'll so, be interesting to see. Big game tonight. Yeah, Tune in, 7 o'clock. Huge game. So we are now going to head into our picks of the week. So now into our picks of the week, we're going to start off with uh, picking these couple NBA series going on right now. So Phoenix is already up 2-0. to um, I think they'll win the series. Kind of like last series. I don't know if I'm going to call it a sweep. We'll see what happens tonight. But I am going to go with Phoenix winning that with Chris Paul coming back. And then even though Milwaukee dropped game one, I do think Milwaukee overall has the better team. Even though I not a, don't like watching them play, they're kind of boring. I do think they come back and win. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can be on, on board with that, except for, you know, the Hawks are going to win because I'm confident in that. Um, but I also have the Suns. I think the Suns are just a little bit better. Um and then I'll jump to MLB. Uh, Reds versus Braves is my first one. I'm going to take the Reds. Ben Hot went up, went down. Then when we split with the Twins, kind of a bounce back series, two third place teams, kind of a big series for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I'm going Astros Tigers. I think the Tigers put an end to the Astros win streak. I'm calling it. I'm going Tigers. All I just right. Feel so in that decision. Yeah, and so for baseball, I'm really excited about this Cubs-Dodgers series. I think the Dodgers bounce back. I don't think they're going to drop, what would that be, five out of their last six if they lose this yeah. series. Um, and then I'm also going to go with one of the best rivalries in sports with the Yankees-Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox won the series a couple weeks ago. I'm going to go with the Red Sox again. And then going over to the NHL, we're not going to do the Montreal series because they're up three to two, but we are going to pick game seven between Tampa and the New York Islanders, and I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Lightning. Just They're at home, and I think the offense is going to be too much. Yep, I got lightning too. You go ahead and say your uh, baseball. It's pretty. All right. So for college baseball, I'm picking Vanderbilt and Mississippi State in the championship in the finals, and I'm going to take Mississippi State to win it all. All right. You ready? This is, this is kind of not what I expected to say, but I have Mississippi State and NC State okay. in the World Series finals. And I have NC State winning it. Wow. Yeah. Watch got a little a... bit of watch a little bit of history on the thirtieth. <laughs> Yeah, but, actually, do they have 
I don't know if they have. I'm looking to see if anybody has odds for that because that would be quite the thing to put some money on. I wonder. Oh, yeah. NCAA. No, they don't have NCAA baseball that I can see. Um, baseball is have MLB and World Series. Yeah, that would that would be something though if they could. Yeah, it would. So that'd probably be where I mean, dude, going into the Omaha, it probably would have been like plus twenty five hundred or something crazy like that. Yeah. And now they're almost there. So well, that is going to wrap up episode number twenty five of the pickup. Covered some basketball, baseball, college baseball in the U.S. Open. Um, well, the next episode, this episode will probably be out Thursday night because I have to work today. And then after that, the next episode will be out in a few days. So for Drew Hartman, I'm Stephen Biddix. We're clocking out and we will see you guys next time.